Hey everyone, this is Jake, and you are listening to Jake's Movie Stuff, the podcast. In today's episode, I'll be ranking the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Just in the past couple of weeks, there was an announcement that Disney is in early production of Pirates of the Caribbean 6. There are very few details about this one, but I thought it'd be a good chance to just revisit the franchise and see how good the movies are. And so after watching all five of the movies, I want to go through them and give reasons as to why some are better than others and why some are worse than others. And to help me to understand how these movies rank out, uh, many of you are probably already familiar with the formula that I use. I take audience and critic numbers from various movie review sites. I put them together, I do a formula with them, and it produces a figure that gives a relative insight to how good or how bad a movie is. And so with that being said, the worst Pirates of the Caribbean movie, according to my formula, is the fourth movie on Stranger Tides. It has a 9.266 with my formula, and when I went through and rewatched these movies, I gave it a 5.5. On Stranger Tides, it does not have any Oscar nominations or BAFTA nominations or Golden Globe nominations, and also has no Razzie nominations. It is the only Pirates movie to not be nominated for any of those categories. Uh, On Stranger Tides also did really, really well at the box office. It made over $1 billion at the box office. So it was very successful financially, but overall, it's still just not the best Pirates movie. So why is this? Well, Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, it is very uh, story heavy. And there's just not a lot of plot behind that story. Just things kind of happen. The plot is essentially a race to the fountain used to be able to use it. That's the plot. There's not much more to it than that. Every character wants to go to the Fountain Youth to be able to harness its powers. And then there is just, there's a lot of action. And some of the action is fine and fun and enjoyable. But there's just something about this uh, installment into the franchise that just feels a little bit more stale. It's like the formula that they use for these Pirates movies is starting to wear pretty thin. However, I do like Ian Shane as Blackbeard. I think he does a fine job. This movie is more of a standalone, whereas Dead Man's Chest and At World's End, they have to go together. They were filmed back to back, which makes sense, and they are almost like one long continuous movie. And one thing that made the first three films better than On Stranger Tides is that we had Will and Elizabeth as our romance. They had this on-screen chemistry that made them easy to cheer for and root for for them to have this romance. And in this movie, they try to do something similar to that. They have Johnny Depp's Jack Sparrow, and he has this some sort of past relationship with Penelope Cruz's Angelica. We don't learn a whole lot about the history other than they're both pirates, and they just kind of stab each other in the back and whatnot. And it just doesn't really have anything there for us to really cheer for them to have a relationship. And then the other couple is between a missionary character and a mermaid. And it sounds interesting, But the truth is, it's just not that interesting. These are characters that aren't fleshed out hardly at all, and they just kind of are there. There's really not much to be cheering for. And more on Penelope Cruz, I think her acting is fine in this movie. I think she does a good job. Just her character wasn't really written that well. There's not a whole lot for her to do or say. She's just kind of there. She's there as like the love interest of Jack Sparrow. She plays a role at the end of the movie that seems important. At the end of the day, she's just kind of there. But it is nice that uh, Penelope Cruz does have her 
opportunity to be in the franchise, and we'll see if she gets involved in the sixth movie at all. One thing that is pretty refreshing about this entry into the Pirates franchise is that there isn't such a heavy reliance on CGI. There's still obviously a lot of CGI used in this movie, but compared to At World's End and Dead Man's Chest, there's a lot more practical effects and everything going on, so it makes it feel a little bit more realistic. At the end of the day, there's just not a whole lot here to have fun with. It is still a relatively fun movie, but overall it's not near as fun as other entries into the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, and so On Stranger Tides ends up as our worst Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And now for our second movie on this list, so it will also be second worst, is the latest installment of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. This was made in 2017, Dead Men Tell No Tells, and it comes in with a score of 9.601. And then when I went back and personally watched it, I ended up giving it just a 5 out of 10. I actually found this one to be a little worse than On Stranger Tides, but not a whole lot. It was not nominated for any Oscars, BAFTAs, or Golden Globes. It was nominated for three Razzies, and it did not win either one of those Razzies. It did have a decent box office return. It made nearly $800 million at the box office. It made $794 million. But overall, Dead Men Tell No Tells, this is where a lot of the magic that hooked us with the Curse of the Black Pearl, it's just kind of missing. There's just not that magic there. There's not that charm there in this movie that I think every viewer that goes to see these movies in the theater, they want to see this fun, whimsical adventure almost like the first Pirates of the Caribbean was, and it's just not here with this movie. The good thing is is that Dead Men Tell No Tells, it's, it's fairly standalone-ish as well, just like On Stranger Tides. It, it does stand pretty well on its own. It, you don't really need to see On Stranger Tides to understand what's going on with the story. One thing that is fun about this movie is that the villain is not a pirate. The villain is played by Javier Bardem, and what he is is he's a pirate killer. Pirates apparently killed his father, and so he just wants to get rid of all pirates. And so it makes for an interesting take on a villain where it's not, it's not somebody that's British, it's not another pirate, it's just this person out with a vendetta against pirates that just wants to exterminate pirates off of the planet. So I think that's, it's pretty interesting, and Javier Bardem does a pretty good job. It, just again, it seems like the writers are just kind of failing on capitalizing on these great actors' strengths. Uh, Javier Bardem, he just kind of limps around, and he, he grumbles some dialogue, and he says the word sparrow about a billion times. So he just has this vendetta for Jack Sparrow, and going along with that, with Jack Sparrow, Johnny Depp's portrayal of Jack Sparrow in this installment is just super exaggerated. It just seems like he's a drunken version of himself all the time, and that character is just not as fun as he has been in previous films. One thing that this movie does do a lot better than on Stranger Tides is that the the love story, the romance arc in this movie is a lot better. It has... Henry Turner, who is the son of Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner, and he gets infatuated with Katrina, and she is this astronomer, horologist, that is after the trident of Poseidon, and he is also interested in that artifact to be able to break the curse of the Flying Dutchman to release his father. There are some really fun action sequences, and there are some legitimately thrilling action, but for the most part... The action is just a little underwhelming. The climax is a little subpar. There was supposed to be this big emotional payoff by the end, and it just falls flat. They spend a lot of time on this opening sequence of a bank robbery. I think they can cut that down, and they, they really wanted to build chemistry between Jeffrey Rush's uh, Captain Barbosa and Katrina, and it takes place within the last 
15, 20 minutes of the movie. And I feel like if they could have spent more time really fleshing that out a bit more, there could have been a way bigger emotional payoff by the end of the movie with that relationship. The effects are a little subpar, I would, I would have to say. Sometimes they're really great, they're phenomenal, but then other times they just look goofy. There's a scene where Jack Sparrow's on this rowboat and he he has a grappling hook and he grapples onto a undead shark and the shark takes off and so he's getting towed by this undead shark and it just looks really bad. It takes a lot of the intensity out of that moment. And overall, this movie, it's still a pirate's movie. It's just not near the best. And with that being said, our third movie is also the third movie in the series, At World's End. I think when At World's End came out, it kind of has the feeling that this was the conclusion of the pirate series is going to be the end of the trilogy. It turns out it wasn't. By the end of the movie, we find out that there is more story to be told and everything, and it leads into on Stranger Tides. At World's End, it made quite a bit of money at the box office. It made nearly $1 billion. It made $961 billion, more or less. So it made a really good amount of money at the box office. And with my formula, this movie comes out with a 13.167, which it means it's an okay movie. It's, it's decent. And I gave it a personal score of six and a half. It also was nominated for two Oscars, did not win. It was nominated for one BAFTA, which it did not win. And it was nominated for one Razzie, which it did not win. So it was nominated for four awards, and it didn't win any. But at least it was being recognized. These awards it was nominated for were for its uh, special effects. And it does have really good special effects. Considering that this movie was released in 2007, but when you also consider that it was filmed back-to-back -back with Dead Man's Chest. So this was filmed and edited and everything over the course of between like late 2005 to somewhere in 2007. So these effects are fairly old and they still hold up really well. Davy Jones looks fantastic. The, fa the final battle when they're fighting in the whirlpool actually still looks pretty good. Now, at World's End, what it does suffer with is it has an overcomplicated plot. Just every character has a motivation for doing some sort of backstabbing. And it, unless you have a notebook or you pay 100% attention to this movie, you could probably get pretty lost. Now, the story is pretty simple. It's just they want to kill each other. <laughs> That's pretty much what this bo uh, movie boils down to. And with that being said, you'd think that there would be a lot of action in this movie, but the thing is there's a lot of empty space between action sequences that's just heavy filled with exposition because of the character's storylines that are just over complex. There's a lot of explaining that needs to be done. So a lot of time is just wasted on exposition. It takes about the first half hour or so of this movie for before it really starts going. It spends the first half hour trying to bring back a character that it killed off in the previous movie. And it just doesn't feel like it gets off the ground until that character comes back. This movie is the longest in the franchise at almost three hours long, so it just is a little drawn out. It's not that it, it, that's bad necessarily, they just don't use the time as well as they could have. They could have made this movie like super phenomenal and just great. But it just kind of gets dragged down with that exposition and the droughts of the action. We want to see this action that also has a payoff, that has some emotional ties to it. And there just isn't a whole lot of that for the first three quarters of the movie. And then the climax, the climax is awesome. I, I really like the climax of this movie. It's definitely over the top and pretty absurd. But hey, it's fine because it's Pirates of the Caribbean. That's what we came to see. The only thing that happens in the climax that I'm not a huge fan of is that Will and Elizabeth get married amidst a sword fight and it just feels weird. And this is considering that this movie has Calypso turn into this giant and then turn into a bunch of crabs and go into the ocean and everything and it's a super weird moment. But 
this wedding in the middle of a sword fight feels even weirder. Overall, I mean, this is a fun and entertaining movie, and it's enjoyable to watch. It's just heavily flawed. It's just okay overall, but it is still fun, especially if you liked the previous two movies. And by that, I mean The Curse of the Black Pearl and Dead Men's Chest. If you like those movies, I think you'll find this one enjoyable for sure, because it has so much payoff for Dead Man's Chest and even some of uh, The Curse of the Black Pearl. And we also get to see a lot more Jeffrey Rush in this movie, which is nice, because him and Johnny Depp have some fun chemistry. And now for the second best Pirates of the Caribbean movie, we have Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And this one with my formula has a 15.25. So not a whole lot better than At World's End, but slightly better. And when watching it again, I gave it a seven out of 10. I think this movie's pretty okay. It won one Oscar out of four nominations. It also won a BAFTA out of five nominations. And it was nominated for a Golden Globe, which it did not win. And that Golden Globe nomination was for Johnny Depp and his portrayal of Jack Sparrow. This movie did pretty well on its return for rewards. It was nominated for zero Razzies. So it had 10 nominations and two wins. So it was a 20% win rate, which is, which is pretty good considering this is a fantasy CGI-filled movie. Dead Man's Chess also did really well at the box office. It brought in over $1 billion at the worldwide box office. So maybe it was the success of the previous movie or the campaign for this movie, but it did really, really well at the box office. But Dead Man's Chest expands the Pirates of the Caribbean universe from the first movie, which is something that sequels need to do, and I think this does a good job at that. It's just not on par with The Curse of the Black Pearl because it just is missing some of that magic from the, from the first movie. However, the effects in this movie are far superior to the to the Curse of the Black Pearl. They are so much better. Davy Jones with his octopus head, it just looks real. And this movie came out in 2006, 14 years ago, and he still looks great. It, it's just amazing. There are just some exposition heavy and some dull moments in this movie, kind of like At World's End, like I was talking about. There's, there's some interesting character arcs and just some backstabbing that has to happen to progress the story. And it just, it can kind of get bogged down with some of these duller moments. But the action's good. There's some really good sword fights. I would have liked to see a little bit more from that climax, though, of this movie. I understand that this is just kind of the first part of the At World's End movie. This is really just, like, the first half of it. And so we maybe shouldn't have been expecting much, but I they still could have done more with the, the climax here. Johnny Depp does really well as Jack Sparrow in this movie. He starts getting a little bit more absurd and exaggerated in later installments, but in this one, he does maintain that charm that we liked about him in the first movie, which is good. And this movie does have a pretty good balancing act with the absurd and with seriousness, so there's a pretty good blend. I think they do it pretty effectively. They do, the, do this really weird love triangle, though, with Elizabeth, Will Turner, and Jack Sparrow, and it, it feels kind of weird and out of place and they have a reason for having it it's so they could trap jack sparrow on the ship by the end of the movie and i feel like they could have done it differently without having to have this whole dramatic love triangle that just really seems to go nowhere but at the end of the day this is a pretty fun and really entertaining movie i gave it a 7 out of 10 i think this is a good movie it has a 15.25 i do think that's a little low for this movie i think if a lot more people were to rewatch it now they'd probably give it a little bit more praise because it is it is pretty fun it is a pretty good movie but it just falls short of what is ultimately the best pirates movie and i think this should come as a little surprise but pirates of the caribbean the curse of the black pearl comes in at number one 
It has a score of 22.935, which means this is a good movie. I also gave it an 8.5 when I scored it myself. It was nominated for five Oscars that it didn't win. It was nominated for five BAFTAs, and it did win one. And again, Johnny Depp was nominated for a Golden Globe for his portrayal of Jack Sparrow, but he uh, did not win that award. So this movie had 11 nominations and it won one of them. So this movie was pretty decorated with its nominations, also had zero Razzie nominations. And to top everything off, this movie also did really well at the worldwide box office. It brought in over $650 million, which for the franchise, I mean, that is the lowest. But this movie was such a surprise. This was a movie that was marketed as a movie that's based off a theme park ride. I remember when it came out and it was just kind of thought, oh, it's just going to be stupid. It's based off of a fairly relaxed, somewhat boring theme park ride. I mean, the theme park ride, you just float around on a boat. It's just what you see that's really cool in the theme park ride. So I think a lot of people thought that. It's just, oh, it might be some really cool spectacle, but the story, how there's no story in the ride. They can't possibly make a story from a storyless ride into a movie. But man, were we proven wrong. The Curse of the Black Pearl is just so fun. There's just a lot of really fun action sequences, the chemistry between the characters is really fun. The story is interesting. The love story between Elizabeth Swan and Will Turner, although it may not be completely fleshed out, it just adds something on top of the action and on top, on top of the whimsical of this movie. And the score. Granted, all the other movies do have the same music, but just the way the score is used in this movie, the way it matches with the cinematography and everything, it just makes it phenomenal. I love the use of the score in this movie. And Johnny Depp brings Captain Jack Sparrow to life so much in this movie, just makes him one of the most iconic characters in cinema history, really. And Jeffrey Rush as Captain Barbosa. This is my favorite movie with Jeffrey Rush in it as Captain Barbosa. He just plays that villain so well. He gives him charm, he gives him charisma. This makes Captain Barbosa such a great villain that just isn't capitalized on at all in the succeeding movies. This movie just immerses you right into this pirate world and it has such an adventurous spirit. There's really not a whole lot wrong with this movie other than some of the dialogue is somewhat campy. You know, they have the pirates go, ah and things and that, that just can be a little campy because that's what we expect pirates to say. And so there's just little things like that that keep this away from being like a perfect 10, just it's little flaws here and there. But overall, this movie is so fun. And the effects, this movie came out in 2003, the effects are a little bit dated at this point, but they're still not terrible by any means. And sometimes they look just absolutely phenomenal, but every once in a while you can tell, oh yeah, that's computer animated. And this script, it is fairly well written. They do balance that camp with some really good dialogue. I mean, this is where we get the line, but why is the rum gone? And just all these kind of fun, iconic quotes that come from the Pirates franchise, they pretty much all come from this movie in the franchise. So with that being said, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise overall averages out with a score of 14.044, and my average score for the movies comes out as a 6.5. They've won 1 out of 11 nominations for Oscars, 2 out of 11 for BAFTAs, and they went 0-2 in the Golden Globes. And so when you add that all together, they won 3 out of 24 nominations for 12.5%. They have made a total of $4.5 billion at the worldwide box office for an average of $904 billion per movie at the box office. So these movies, they make a killing at the box office. And when they're good, they get the recognition for it. So overall, the end of the rankings, it turns out The Curse of the Black Pearl, by little to no surprise, is number one. Dead Man's Chest, number two. At World's End, number three. 
Dead Men Tell No Tells is fourth, and On Stranger Tides comes in last. And with that being said, this concludes today's podcast episode. This is Jake from Jake's Movie Stuff. Catch you next time. <laughs>